Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This episode is brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather it any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's A-F-T-C-O.com for on-the-water performance gear. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before and if you're interested in building a new pond or lake give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you if you're anywhere in the southeast schedule an obligation free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope everybody is having a great week. Uh, I know what you're not doing. If you're on the water, you ain't staying cool because it's hot out there. It is uh, definitely July in Alabama. Got about another month of this stuff, and hopefully it'll start cooling off. Had a few little rain showers. I, I don't know if it's enough to increase any current or anything anywhere, but Gave us a little rain and cooled things off from time to time, depending on where you are in the state. But uh, looking forward to a report today and and uh, to see what see what these guys are catching around the state of Alabama and how they're catching them. And let's start off segment number one, Randy Wiggins. What's going on, my friend, Randy? What's up, Brian? Just hanging out. Just hanging out. I hear you. Well, you, you deserve to hang out. You had a busy year. Man, I have been, and it, it's been nonstop since the first of the year. We we finished up there at the end of June, and we've just taken a month off, month or two off, just to regroup and, and rest and relax and do some things around the house. I hear you. Get, catch up on them honeydews so you can start fishing yeah, again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I know, Randy, you, you definitely had a very eventful year. And, and so you fish a couple different series. You fish the ABT, Alabama Bass Trail. And, uh, and let's start with that one. Um, you, you know, you've, you fish all over the state with those guys. But, um, I mean, how, how's your year been there? Oh, it's it's been really good this year. You know, I I fished the uh, the ABT North, and then this year uh, another buddy of mine. We we're fishing ABT one hundred, which is you know just a hundred boats, but it uh it lets in some of your top pros that get to fish it too, like Gerald Swindle and and Clint Davis and, and guys like that. You know, you you're up against some strong competition when you got two pros in a boat. So, uh, yeah, first tournament we fished in January on uh Jordan and we I think we wound up fourteenth or fifteenth, something like that. Which was good, you know. Then uh we fished uh first of June on Neely Henry and was really, really hoping to have a really good tournament there and just we just couldn't get a a, a big bite. So 
So we wound up, I think, 20, 27th or something like that. But we got one more of those in, uh, on Pickwick in November. So ought to be cooled off a little bit where you can get out there and enjoy some fishing. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll catch some up there. You know, Neely Henry is one of those that we don't get a lot of reports on. And I'm not sure why. I mean, Neely Henry, you know, is a, is a good lake. I mean, it's a good fishing lake. And, uh, you know, we had somebody on last week with, from Wheeler. And, and they fish a lot of the Tennessee river chain. And they're like, man, Wheeler's my favorite lake right now over Pickwick or any of them. But, but Neely Henry's kind of one of those sleeper lakes, but how, how do you rank it? Or how do you, do you, you know, how do you fish Neely Henry? I like fishing shallow Neely Henry. You know, it, I used to love that lake. I mean, you used to go up there and you could catch some fish. And it's just, to me, it just seems like it's, it's going down just a little bit. I, I don't know if we've had some bad spawns with the water fluctuations and stuff like that. But, you know, there's still some good fish in there, but, you know, they're really hard to catch. you got to be definitely know that lake really well and, and know where they're at and, and, and go get them. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't rank it. It's probably my, my fourth best fishery on the, on the Coosa. Yeah, and, and and that's probably a reason we don't hear a lot about it, right? I mean, we we don't get a lot of reports from there, and and maybe that's the reason. I, I, it's it's probably one of those lakes that you know, if you know it real well, it's probably probably still a good lake. But that's right. But when you're ranking it compared to some of the other Coosa lakes, it, it's probably not quite there. I mean, you know, Logan and Lay Lake. I mean, they they're both great lakes, and. You know, I know uh, we've had some reports from from Logan lately, and it seems like it's a little off there right now. And yeah, yeah, I think Logan and and uh, and Neely, you know, they're both both kind of down right now. But you know, you got Lay where you know it's it's been really good. Uh, then you got Mitchell and Jordan. I don't I don't know if they will ever be really bad, man. They got some, that seems like that's probably the the top two best. Uh, Coosa Lakes is uh, Mitchell and Jordan, in my opinion. And and that's strange because we never we never get reports from there. And I need to find some people on. I need to find some guys that are guiding or fishing Mitchell and Jordan and and get some more reports from there. Because you're right, those are really good lakes year after year, but but we just don't get many reports for there. So I need to I need to find some guys that that fish that a good bit. And, you know, and, and like I said, Logan's a different lake. It's, it's set up different. There's not as much grass. It's usually a, you know, in the past years, it seemed like, Randy, that those fish schooled really well. You could get on a big school of fish, and you could load the boat. Uh, if you found that, that school and uh, an aggressive school of, of large fish, but a lot of people I've talked to this year is having trouble finding those large schools that they found in the past. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It don't have as much grass as the other uh, Coosa lakes. And, you know, I, I had fished Logan a whole lot. It's just not one of those lakes that I'm going to say, I'm going to get up and say, hey, I'm going to go to Logan today when you have Lay Lake right down by the house, you know, and you drive a, another 45 minutes, you'd be at Gunners Falls, you know, somewhere like that. Yeah. No, good point. Good point. And, but Lay is, <clears throat> you know, this time of year on Lay, Randy, do you, do you still fish some shallow water grass or are you trying to get out deeper? What it kind of, what's your tactic if you was on lay right now? Oh, if I have grass, I'm going to stay shallow. That's just one thing I like to fish is grass. So, you know, I'll, I'll stay shallow all day. You know, you got, 
you know, a, a lot of different techniques that you can do in the grass, you know, throughout the day. So that's just where I'll stay. What's some of your go-to techniques in the grass and summertime bite? Uh, you know, I'll throw a frog and a, you know, a swim jig, chatterbait, and then you'll flip the grass and stuff like that. So, you know, that's some of the main stuff that I like to do this time of year. Well, I'm going to ask you, and I've, we've, we've talked about this several times on the show lately, but I'm gonna, you're a frog guy, so I'm going to ask you, what's your technique on, get, on, on landing more frog strikes than, than misses? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, man, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're, if you're 50% on your frog fish, you're doing really good. I usually try to bend my hooks up a little bit and let the fish eat it and, you know, wait till you fill them on there before you set the hook. A lot of times, you know, a lot of people get excited when they, when they blow up on that frog and they don't give them enough time to eat it. Right. Yeah. And I've heard some other people say, bend the hooks up just slightly. I think the big thing too, is just what you just said. And that's what I struggled with when I was earlier in the year, I was missing fish, but I don't think I was letting them eat it and take it long enough. I think you got to almost, almost approach it like a worm. When you feel him hit, drop your rod and then maybe raise up a little and feel the fish, then set the hook. Absolutely. You know, that's what, you know, you get excited when that first frog fish, you know, blows up and you jerk the jerk and set the hook and you miss him and you just, you just excited because, man, it is exciting to have that old, that oh, big old bass blow up on that frog. Ain't Can't no doubt about jerk, it. You know? Hey, do you find, you know, like in lakes like Lake, you know, you've got some good creeks. You've got, you know, some really good creeks that feed into it, whether it's yellow leaf or, yeah, you got Waxahachie, you got, do those, beeswax. you know, at, yeah, that's right, beeswax, do those fish, like some of those creeks have some really good grass, lily pads, all that stuff, way back up in the creek, you know, a lot of times I think, or maybe it's a misconception, Randy, maybe we think, okay, springtime is over, the water is is heating up. These fish are going to leave these creeks and go out to deeper water. But when you get this hot during the year, it, sometimes that creek may be cooler than the main lake. Absolutely. You know, that's what you find a lot of times, you know, this year is uh, those fish, they'll stay in those creeks because it, it is cooler. You know, some of them may have a spring fed creeks and stuff like that. It'll keep those fish there. You know, you can definitely go up in there and tell, you know, you'll have a water temperature drop just because of that reason yeah absolutely well and i'm asking for very selfish reasons because that's uh I, i'm want, i'm wanting to know what, what, where i need to take my kayak and go back up in them creeks fishing <laughs> oh yeah you know if i had something that shallow i'd definitely definitely put in them creeks and and uh, explore a little more yeah absolutely well let's move on to the uh to the the most exciting thing of your year has been the Toyota series. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I had a man, an exceptional year this year, man. I finished, I fished three tournaments. I fished the central division, fished three tournaments and I've made a top 10 and, and all three and missed a, a first place finish by about, you know, less than four pounds. So, you know, I, I had a really good year. Yeah. You were angler of the year, right? Yeah. I won, uh, I won co-angler of the year. 
we fished uh, we fished Gunnersville, uh, Del Hall, and Chickamauga this year. Uh, so that that got me into the uh, the championship, which is uh, which is going to be on Gunnersville this year in the first of November. So you know, fishing kind of hard just to just to make that championship since it's really close to the house. Heck yeah, man! Well, congratulations. That's uh, angler of the year. That's a you know you've done well not just in one tournament but throughout the year. So that's got to be a very gratifying uh gratifying one to win there oh no doubt man when you when you can do that fishing behind some of the guys that you that you draw out with and 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 able to fish with you know that's uh that's really really tough yeah like i said it's a major competition out there isn't it that's right that's right you know that first time we had at gunnersville i think there was like 328 boats fishing it so that just gives you sign of kind of a, a perspective what what's you know what you have to go up against now are you fishing two in a boat in those tournaments yes sir we're yeah i'm yeah i'll fish in the back of the boat with the co-angler then you have a a pro uh that fishes in the front you're at their mercy of where they take you and, and, and where you go but you know you you just have to make some uh some adjustments to uh you know, catch the fish if those guys aren't catching. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that beat that's that's a little bit challenging. I, I would imagine fishing the back of the boat. A lot of times they hitting all the good spots, right? And uh, you you trying to pick up something behind them. That's right. You just trying to find something just a little different that they ain't doing, and and, and catch the fish. Yeah. Hey, well, congratulations on that, Randy. That's that's a great year, man, and and uh, you definitely deserve it. What's next? Oh man, we uh. I, we're taking a little break right now like i said you know just uh just relaxing doing some stuff around the house trying to get caught up from this this past uh spring and stuff like that stuff i missed and i think we kicked back off around uh around the first of october for some uh some of the championships you know abt championship and the toyota series championship and then and that should wind it up for me until the you know next year it'd be time to deer hunt then yeah yeah, well, you know, I, I don't deer hunt, which, you know, I, it, fishing takes up so much of my time and, and I own my own business and having to work and do all that stuff. So I'm, I'm having to catch up so I can take off a lot next year. That's right. You know, my son's on the Chelsea fishing team and I think they'll start at the end of September with their fall season. So I'm, I'm their boat captain and nice. so we'll, we'll be doing that until I can get out on the water and and fish those championships man and they've had a this high school thing has blown up and chelsea high school has they've they've had some success i know that uh i've had one of the guys on several times on our show i think he just graduated golly uh bryson braxton harper yeah yeah he's really good he's a he's a great young angler of course, when you have a dad like he's got, you know you can't help but be a good fisherman. Jason, you know he's known around here to be a pretty good hammer on these Coosa lakes. So you know he's learned from a good guy. Yeah. Then you got a couple of other kids in our club that's got you know parents that are really good fishermen. So you know they they've learned from some some good people to learn from. That's right. And that's always a big advantage for sure. What year's your son? Uh- in, on, in Chelsea, uh, he'll be a freshman this year. Okay, so he'll be going into ninth grade. So he's got he's got four years to hopefully get to where he needs to be. You know, because you know they give these kids scholarships and stuff like that. If you're pretty good, to, 
the fish, so maybe you can get him a scholarship and help out on the wallet a little bit. I can't believe that boy's going into I can't believe he's going to be a freshman. I know. It's it's crazy. Time flies. You know? it, it flies, man. I still picture him on the baseball field at 12 years old, and they've they, <laughs> they, 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 they grown from that. Absolutely. Well, man, hey, look, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on here for sure. If you was going to give us a tip for the Coosa River right now, a tip of the day, what would your tip be? Oh, man, you know, if you're fishing a grass lake, I, I think I would try to do some of those things we talked about earlier, just, you know, stay with the grass and, you know, shady banks definitely this time of year too will help. I, you know, throw a frog first thing in the morning, maybe a swim jig and, you know, as the sun gets up, you know, they're going to bury up in that grass and, you know, you can flip a creature bait in there and, and, and get you some bites. Let me ask you one more question because you just spurred my interest here on the swim jig. When you're fishing a swim jig in the grass, are you literally swimming that bait? I mean, you're throwing it out and reeling it in. You, I mean, when I think of jig fishing, I think of, I think of flipping in some heavy grass, matted grass, flipping down, you know, flipping in the holes. This swim jig, you're fishing a little, what type of grass are you looking to fish it in? It's not mats. It's a little thinner grass, right? No, no. You're looking for some of that scattered grass. Uh, you know, you're trying to imitate a, uh, a bait fish, maybe a brim or shad or something like that. Even you a crawfish, you know, trying to get away. Are you fishing it on the bottom or are you swimming it in the water column? Yeah, swimming it in the water column. I like to throw it out there where I can just barely see it up under the water. Okay. Uh, just enough, have enough visibility where you can see it. I'm throwing it out there and, and reeling it and, and twitching your rod tip and Give it a little action. That's right. Make a little action to it. Good deal. Randy, thank you for joining us, man. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, good luck in the fall and, and look forward to hearing how you do, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Let's take a few minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And by Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Welcome back to the show, guys. Great report from Randy, and uh, man, he's had a had a great year, and 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 wish him well in the fall. 
man, good, good, good fisherman and a great man, good family man, all that together. And we love having those kind of people on the show. Speaking of good folks to have on the show, I've been looking forward getting Mr. Tracy humble back on here. Tracy, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not much, Brian. How are you today? Man, I am doing good, man. I'm in the air conditioner right now, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Well, I've pulled over at one of Tuscumbia, Alabama's main attractions down here at Spring Park. Uh, and I'm sitting up under a big oak tree in my air condition too. So that's what I'm talking uh, about. Uh, it's, it's the place to be right now, but if you're not sitting in the air conditioner, it still ain't bad to be on the lake right now from what I understand. And, and, uh, sounds like you've been up at Pickwick lately. I have it's, uh, it's hot out on the water. It is one of the, I'll give you a, the first tip of the day is carry plenty of water with you. Don't carry your mountain dews or or beer with you this time of year carry plenty of water uh it makes the day so much easier when you carry water drink plenty of water but like i said with the temperatures being hot like it is the fishing's been pretty hot too here lately man that's awesome kind of walk us through it man i mean are the have the fish you, you catching them offshore you know uh i went about three weeks ago uh just myself fun fishing looking for different fish and i said well i'm gonna try something crazy I'm going to go through some shallow water. And when I say shallow water, I'm talking 10, 12 foot, maybe 13 foot, uh, because most of the, the locals around here, they're out there in 25 to the 30 foot range. I went shallow and I caught a good mess of big fish, shallow. The only thing, what I noticed though, is once the sun come up over the trees and got the beating down on the water, those fish buried up on the bottom and you couldn't see them. I was live scoping it was tough to catch once the sun comes up. So the shallow bite's still there. When you're live scoping in shallow water, you know, are, you're fishing, are you fishing a lot of grass? No, sir. No, sir. I'm, I'm fishing open water, you know, anywhere from four to six foot deep to 30 foot deep, uh, when I'm live scoping and I'm chasing open water fish. If I run across a treetop and see it and it's got fish on it, yeah, I'm going to sit there and catch them. But I had just as soon go after that open water fish, especially if he's just sitting there. If he's sitting there just floating, he's he's sitting there to be caught. And it makes it pretty, pretty easy when he's just sitting there. Now, if you have to chase him down, that gets a little more hairy and a little more aggravating. But And they have been running a lot here this year. Uh, for us, uh, we haven't had enough rain. The water is gin clear for the most part over here. If a fish sitting 10 foot deep and 15 foot of water and you pitch on top of him and right on top of it, nine times out of 10, he sees that bait or hears that bait and straight to the bottom it goes. So we need a little bit of rain to muddy up the water yeah, uh, or stain it anyhow. But uh, the early morning shallow bite is still there. It, you don't have to be in 30 foot of water to catch fish right now, not crappie. So with that said, I don't want to see all y'all back there in 10, 12 foot of water with me before the sun comes up. That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, they're, they're, they're there, but you better, you better get them while it, while it's still shady. When the sun comes up, they are really few and far between in the shallow stuff. But when the sun comes up and they leave that shallow, and you don't, you can't see them anymore on your live scope. I've been pulling cranks. What I'll do is I'll carry customers out in the morning 
if they want a live scope, we'll live scope for the first hour and a half, two hours till the sun comes up. And then we start pulling crankbaits. And uh, I got a good friend of mine over in Mississippi, uh, Tim Howell. He's Long Branch Guide Service. He calls them sweepers. And uh, you basically just sweep in the bottom. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll run eight out the back, two, two out the front pulling bandit 300 size crankbaits uh for crappie yes sir uh they run 12 eh, 10 12 14 foot deep according to what kind of how much line you you hang out the back of the boat but yes sir a crappie will smoke a crankbait this time of year the and saturday morning was no exception we had a good day saturday so how big is this crankbait how big is this crankbait? Well, I got one right here in the door. I'm going to say it's two inches long. Okay. And So, I mean, it's a uh, bass fishing. Is it made just for crappie fish? Are you talking about this is a bass fishing crankbait? No, it's, it started out, it's a bandit It's a bandit crankbait. Uh, series 300 is what is the average that everybody runs. Now, when they get in shallow water, a lot of people will, will put the bandit 200s on. And, uh you know, they just got a little shorter bill, but 300's got a bill that's about an inch, inch and eighth long. The body's about close to two inches long. Pink is a pink is normally a good color. Orange, bright orange is normally good. Black is a good color. This past week, purple. And it was a, uh, it's one that I painted myself. Uh, I didn't have but three of them, but those purple ones absolutely outfish the rest of them so, so you just like you blowing my mind right now for a couple reasons number one is <laughs> i ain't never heard of anybody using the crankbait to crappie fish number two is historic what i've what i've heard and and heard from other callers and just i guess what i've grown up my dad crappie fishing is this time of year when it's really hot, you can still catch crappie, but you really have to slow down and get that bait right in front of their face, and and they're not as aggressive. But I would think that That's, what you're catching is aggressive. These fish are chasing. These fish are chasing because they have to be. Saturday morning, the magical speed was 1.75 miles an hour, um, nearly two miles an hour. That's moving on pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to get out and swim beside a boat running two miles an hour. You can't do it. Yeah. But these fish, uh, we caught 31, 32 pulling crankbaits Saturday morning. And then the pontoons and jet skis ran us off. But yes, sir, it's a, it's an aggressive reaction type bite. So certainly is. Where's the disconnect there, Tracy, as far as bass slowing down in the hot summertime and, and you have to like put the bait on their nose to give them the bite. Is that just a myth? For bass, you know, I don't much think so because I caught, we caught four bass Saturday. For crappie. They were running the same speed as the crappie were. Yes, sir. They sure was. We caught one that weighed nearly three pounds. Pull it certainly did so yeah yeah it's hot uh, but once they get down deep where the water's cool yeah and that's what they're going to do uh they're looking for cool shady spots uh 
you know, yeah, you may have to slow down when you get out on the ledges to catch one, but a lot of people still catch them out there on the hair jigs where they're ripping and letting it flutter, rip and let it flutter. And that's a reaction bite. Right. You know, uh, same way with a uh, pitching a jig out there on the ledges or, or a big worm, as far as that goes. You know, we drag the worms and let them flutter, drag and flutter. It's pretty much most of the bites are reaction bites this time of year for just about anything. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. The water's clear. They can see a long way. Uh, case in point, uh, like I said, if that fish, if that crappie's sitting in eight, ten foot of water and I pitch and hit right on top of him, I've had them, and you can see it on the live scope, they go straight to the bottom. When that jig splashes, the water's so clear, I honestly believe they're hearing or seeing that jig splash, and they go to the bottom. And once they go to the bottom, you're not going to catch them until they come back up. Uh, or I can't. But some people may can't. Normally, what you have to do is pitch out 15, 10, 15 foot past him, bring it to it, or take a long pole and just ease down and tight line down to him. Right. Uh, but if you're casting to him, you just about have to cast past them this time of year and bring it back to it and let it fall down to him to, uh, yeah. to keep from spooking. And that goes back to the clear water. Like I said, I'm wanting, I'd love to see six days of just thunderstorms and uh, torrential downpours. Get some color. Uh, yeah. Some, yeah. Get some stain back on the water. <clears throat> exactly. Yes. sir. And then when it does that, I'll go back into the shallows. I may go back as far as four or five, six foot deep with the water temp still in the mid eighties or better. Uh, oh, they'll be, they'll move back. there. You're doing something different than most people have seen, uh, w- with, with crappie fishing and, and people on here that's heard you before, uh, were probably kind of as blown away as I was, but you know, we think of crappie fishing going, finding that structure, the sunken structure, man-made natural, whatever it may be and fishing around that but you're fishing more open water you're not necessarily looking for structure are you not really no sir uh you're looking for fish my thoughts with open water fish is they're out there for a reason they're looking to eat and i think i've mentioned this before back during the spring when the water was still cool if if i had a fish tucked up next to a tree it was hard to get him to bite same way this time of year if they're well i say that the other day we got on a top and they were down in the top buried pretty good, the bigger fish was. Now, they were pound fish all around the edges of it, and we caught them really quick. But then the last few fish that we caught out of it, they came from deep down in the top, and we saw them dart out of the top and hit the bait. But for the most part, I had rather fish an open water fish because he's out there to eat. The the structure-oriented fish are there trying to either get out of the sun, uh, you know, the light, Right. Or, or they're just they're just buried up in that top for for safety reasons, my thinking. You know, yeah, they're going to ambush Shad when they come by. We've seen it happen. So I saw something interesting this past Saturday. We were sitting there fishing that top, and we had caught seven or eight fish out of it, and good fish. Here come a school of white bass. I'm talking probably 50 of them. When those white bass come in there and mingled in down in that top with those crappies, it was over nothing bit the white bass wouldn't bite the crappie wouldn't bite nothing would bite they wouldn't nothing do but leave then i mean we sat there another 10 minutes and then catch another fish although you could see them but they would not bite so so we just had to leave them 
back to what I typically know is crappie fishing. You, you've got your spots, your, your, your tops, your structure marked on your, on your fish finder. You go, you look, are there fish here? If they're not, you go to another one until you find fish. But the way that you're fishing in truly open water, are you just cruising looking on your live scope and trying to locate fish? What I do is I start with mine run out to, I don't, I typically don't like to get out past 60, 70 foot as far as the forward view. So I'll run it at 60 or 70 foot and I can see a fish at 60, 70 foot. And, uh, the closer I get, the easier it is for me to identify what it is. At, at a 75 or 80 foot, something like that, a school of shad might look like a crappie. Uh, a catfish might look like a, a big crappie, you know, uh, right. but the closer I get, the, the easier it is, but yes. And the closer I get, the more I dial it in. So when I get up to, when I get within 40 foot, I bring my live scope back into 40 foot and that lets me identify what kind of fish I'm after. Uh, it also, you know, I can tell if he's sitting there, I can tell if I'm chasing him. If, uh, you know, if he's moving right to left, if I'm having to go left, I go left. You know, if, if he's running away from me, he won't never get any closer to me. So I'll have to kick it up a little faster and catch up with it. And if he's what I think he is, then I chase him down till he gets tired and stops. And then we try to catch him. So it's, it's a fun, different way of fishing. There ain't no doubt about that. It's definitely a different way. And obviously you're very successful at it, but You'll chase one fish. I mean, you'll see one fish there. You'll chase that one fish and catch him. If he's if he's the right fish, I will. Yes, sir. That is amazing. <laughs> yes, sir. I, you might chase him 150, 200 yards. Uh, I've heard some of my friends over at Grenada chasing them three and four hundred yards before they catch him. But that's it's unbelievable. The right fish and you, we chased one the other day. Uh, had two guys up front in the boat, and I give them give them turns. Well, this one guy. He was the other guy's guest. And he said, all right, I'm going to let you catch him. And it was a big fish. And uh, he had he said three shots at him. Never could. You got to be, your cast has got to be on the money. Uh, he never could get the cast right where it needed to be. Well, the other guy told him, said, hey, get out of the way. It's my turn now. He throws one time right in on top of the fish. The fish sits there. And I tell him, I said, get ready because that fish is going to bite. He didn't move to the bottom. He's sitting there floating. And I'm talking about when the fish saw the bait, he charged and hit it from five foot and uh, smoked it. It was about a, eh, a little over two-pound fish. Now, when you're doing that, what? that's a huge fish. What are they throwing? What, are they, what kind of bait are they using there? The baits I throw are normally either a uh, spinner head from Gr Grenada Lake Tackle Company. Uh, my, my book, they're the best spinner heads available it's a round ball head with a willow leaf blade under it they have a big hook they have a big hook in them uh, they're designed for grenada fish but uh crappie's got a big mouth over here too so i use those or i'll use a uh, football head jig it's made by grenada lake tackle as well they range anywhere from this time of year i'm normally throwing one eighth ounce and I'll jump all the way up to a quarter ounce. Uh, if they're down there at 20 foot deep and I need to get deeper, I'll throw a quarter ounce. But most of the time, I, uh, a one-eighth has been pretty good. You know, if they're, if they're really shallow, I'll have to back all the way up to a sixteenth. And then we're just throwing shad bodies. Uh, I'm trying a couple of, uh, couple of new ones this year. Uh, the sliders are always good. Charlie Brewer Slider Company, they're, they're always good. 
I, I'm trying a little different profile as uh, Tad's fishing lures. Uh, they've got a little shad shad body that's a uh, pearl violet, it's kind of a ultraviolet like purple type clear, and they have been wearing that color out for me. That wow. or monkey milk. That's so cool, man. It's so cool to, to hear these different ways of, of of not just catching fish but successfully catching them and catching good fish. And uh, I, oh yeah. Man, I know Pickwick. It's a it's a great great crappie lake. Y'all got some big big crappie up there. I don't know if it's Grenada sized crappie. They're not. I mean, no. no but is anywhere? Compares. No, no. I don't think so. Grenada and, and Sardis and Arkabutla by far have the biggest crappie that I've ever seen. Yeah, they're huge. So. They're huge. Yep. Yeah, and, and Mississippi, when you look at Mississippi as a whole compared to Alabama, they don't have a lot of water. They've got that change that you just mentioned, and then they got Ross Barnett. But they don't have the Pickwicks and the Gunnersville and the Logan Martins and Lay, and they don't have the water and the Eufaulas. But, uh, and they definitely don't have near the bass fishing that we have here. But, man, those no, lakes you no. mentioned right there, they are unbelievable crappie lakes. I think it's because of their fertile grounds over there. See, all those big four, Grenada, Enid, Sardis, uh, Arcabella, and even even the Reyes, they're all in farming, you know, over there close yep. to the Delta where the farming and the, the nutrients come out of the fields and stuff. And those those lakes over there stay muddy just about year-round. So Well, that's a good point. That's a, really, that's a really good point, and it's something I haven't thought about a lot. But, you know, when you think about where in the southeast – can I go kill a shown off trophy, but it's the Mississippi Delta. And yes, it's sir. because yep. their soil is so mineral rich and, and it grows Love big that. deer and it grows big horns. And it makes sense that it's the same way with the fish. And, you know, down along the Tom Bigby River in Alabama, uh, Green County and Sumter County down through there. That's where I grew up. Down there. That's where I grew up. I'm That's sorry. right. But it's better soil. Uh, it's that black belt. It's, it's better soil. Fertile. I think that's got a lot to do with the fish uh, as well. So, well, but you know, uh, Pickwick, Pickwick can it can hold its own. You know, you you can catch two pounders pretty regular up here. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting, man. That's good stuff. Uh, I need to come up there and see this sometime. I got to come book a trip with you. Well, come on, you've got a you've got an invitation that we've talked about earlier, so we're gonna make that deal happen as well. Yeah, so, man, I'm looking forward uh, to that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely so, going to make that happen. You'll get to talk to some of them Mississippi guides, too. We'll make them tell a liar, too. Yeah, so. Hey, I, 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 spent a, I spent the majority of my adult of my adulthood in Mississippi. I know they'll lie to you. There you go. It's <laughs> good folks. Good so them, them Mississippi Delta folks are good folks. Uh, that's I for sure. It's a different world. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. hey, if, you know, if you're going to give a tip of the day, what would your tip of the day be to somebody going crappie fishing this time of year, Pickwick, or anywhere else that they may be going around the state? All right. Uh, like I said earlier, the tip of the the safety tip of the day would be to carry water, drink plenty of water. Uh, yes. You can stay out. You can stay out a lot longer than you think you can if you drink water and stay hydrated. The fishing tip of the day. Well, don't fish as deep as you think you have to. There's still some shallow water fish. And a lot of those, most of those shallow water fish are big fish, uh, really good fish. So don't give up on your shallow fish just yet. Good deal, man. That's a great tip. 
hey, Tracy, if somebody's going to book a trip with you and want to come up there and see what you're doing and, and have one of them 30, 30 fish trip days, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you, buddy? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Tracy Umber Fishing, uh, or you can give me a call at shoot me a text, 662-574-0649. Yeah, I've got a Mississippi number. I used to live over there myself. So. Hey, I still <laughs> I got my Mississippi number, too. I spent about 21 years in Mississippi, so but I about got it all out of me. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Well, Tracy, man, I appreciate it. Guys, give Tracy a call, book a trip with him, and uh, go up there, learn a new way to crappie fish, and uh, you know, see something you hadn't seen before, and catch a lot of fish, and 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 have a, have a have a couple hours with a good man. On top of that, so give Tracy a call, book a trip with him. Tracy, we appreciate it as always, man. Look forward to seeing you soon and having you back on here. Thank you, Brian. All right, man. Take care. All right. Bye bye. All right, guys. Let's take a few more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. Also brought to you by L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Another great segment uh, with Tracy Umber. Y'all give him a call and, and experience some of this unique crappie fishing that he does uh, he's obviously catching them and it's, uh, definitely something I need to go experience cause I haven't done it. So reach out there, book a trip with him, go catch some crappie, but Hey, let's get to our third segment and, uh, we're going to stay up in North Alabama, but we're going to move over to the bass side with my buddy, Ty Cox. What's going on, Ty? How about it, man? It's just hot outside. I know that. Whoo, man, it's hot. Well, it's hot. I'm about ready. I'm about ready for them cooler days and them colder nights well we ain't there we ain't there yet i'm afraid we we got a we got another month month and a half of that but it ain't it'll be here before we know it oh yeah yeah that's that's for sure yeah hey before we get into talking about what you've been doing uh what you've been catching and how you've been catching them i do want to say man i have thoroughly enjoyed this hammer rod that i that i got and 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 for those of y'all who are listening that don't know Ty, his family owns hammer rods. They produce them right here in Alabama and uh, manufacture them. And it's a great rod. Uh, so, so hats off to you guys. I, I, it's my favorite rod now. I appreciate it, man. I mean, that's definitely what we like to hear on the rod side of it. You know, we're we're one of the few only left that's still completely, you know, manufactured in America. We're rolling our blanks over here. Uh, 
there are blanks, not somebody else's, you know, and we're not getting our blanks already rolled overseas and assembling over here. I mean, it's, it's built from the ground up in America. So that's something we take pride in. And like I said, there's not just a, a whole bunch of us left doing it over here. So, so it's, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, you're right. There's not. Well, hey, if y'all looking for a ride out there, guys, check them out. Like I said, they're made right here in Alabama. All U.S. made, Alabama made. And they are a fantastic product. Tracy, what's the best way for somebody to, to find one? Are they looking up on website or what? Yeah, we got a we got a website on for the fishing rod. Uh, it's just simply hammerrods.com. You know, we uh you can find us on Tackle Warehouse. Uh, they're a big online retailer for us, of course. The Tackle Trap over at Gunnersville. You can find them online at their store too, or you can get on our website and order. And I got mine at Marks Outdoors, so I know they can yeah. too. Yeah, if you like, I said we're in March. You know, storefront. Uh, Several places across Alabama, Louisiana, some in Texas, Mississippi. You know, we're uh, we're uh, we're definitely widespread through the South. And well, that's good, stores. man. That's good. Glad y'all are here, and and glad I got one because I'm enjoying it. Well, let's talk about bass fishing, man. What are the fish doing up there? Man, they're uh, they're sort of all over the place right now. I mean, you still got your big wads of them out there on the ledges. Uh, catching some up shallow. Uh, started. Now you're in Smith shallow. mainly, right? Is where you've been fishing. No, Pickwick. Oh, Pickwick, okay. We're getting some up shallow. Uh, which, uh, past couple of weeks, I've been doing a lot of electronic trips. I I do that a lot in the summer, which we fish farm, you know, too. But most of it's sitting idling around, watching people or teaching people how to use a graph, how to set them up, how to tell the different swing fish, where to look for fish, stuff like that. Yeah, um, and, we, and we talked about that before we started recording because I was trying yeah. to get some – uh, I was telling you that was something that I needed to do just to get, you know, a, a lot of us have electronics. We know how to turn it on. We know how to switch back and forth between down imaging and side imaging, but we really don't know how to get probably the most out of our electronics. And, and that's why guys like you, I think are important that really can teach us how to get the most out of what we have on our boat. Oh, that's for sure. I was talking to a guy yesterday, you know, and he said, he said, man, I got a basic idea of how to turn it on and switch the different pages and stuff like that. But he said, I ain't got a clue what I'm looking at. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, not trying to sound rude or nothing, but that defeats the purpose. You know, you got to definitely got to know what you're looking at to, 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 you know, to do good and especially excel with electronics. You got to know what you're looking at or, you know, even how to find fine-tune them just to get the most out of them i mean you'd be surprised at just what how big one or two little setting changes will make the fish pop out uh i mean it it, it can make a world of difference once you go and learn how to work them properly and especially know what you're looking at well i need to come up there and get in the boat with you let you give me a a, a tutorial how to do this uh so i can improve improve my skills with it we can definitely do it on um, and that's what I tell people, especially on the Tennessee River. And Pitwick especially, not necessarily like Donnersville or when you still got all your grass. Uh, on Pitwick, we don't have as much grass. And from about the whole, you know, from middle of May to about right now, just about all your fishing is done offshore. I mean, you can go beat the banks up shallow and fish some, you know, rock, pea gravel banks and catch some dinks, but... You know, your all your tournaments are one offshore right now. That's right. 
and that's what I tell people. You know, I gotta, I gotta do a trip for a guy next week that's got a club tournament, and he's actually gonna, you know, upgrade his graphs between them because I told him I said, man, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna compete, you're gonna have to fish deep at some point during the day. Yeah, you're gonna have to. And don't get me wrong, now first couple of hours of the morning you know we're going to find a little bit of grass and throwing like a speed worm or something in it and catching some fish but you know nothing nothing really over three pounds that's and, right uh, it's just so important. I, really, I really yeah and that's what i'm saying i really think you know a lot of the bigger fish are still deep i mean like i said it's 100 degrees outside so but they yeah. are some pulling up shallow so that's i uh, i'm i'm very interested in that and i'm actually about to go put my boat in the water this afternoon to see if I can't go find some more shallow because uh, if you can find them shallow ones, they're the ones that's not been messed with for two or three months, you know? Well, let's talk about the bass, man, and, and what you're and how you're catching them right now. Some shallow, some deep. Yeah, you know, the shallow ones, we're just finding where the grass has started growing uh, on some flats and stuff. Throwing a, just a speed worm in them, really, just a quarter-ounce Texas rig. Maybe get a few bites on a top water bait first thing in the morning. Still, I mean, it's still pretty hot for all that. But, man, we're staying up there, you know, for the first couple of hours of the morning to about 7, 7.30. Then we're going out grassing, finding them big schools out deep. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, this, you know, normally when it gets this late in the year, you're usually having to drag something like a jig or Carolina rig to get on the bike because it's so hot outside. But, man, I in the last couple of trips, I've caught them real good on a swim bait, and I know there's some boys catching them on a crankbait real good. So that's uh, sort of unusual, unusual for this time of year with them being pressured and so hot. But which that's fine with me because I I much rather catch them reeling and winding something anyway. Yeah, I would too, man. I would too. It's it's. I, I mean, I slow down when I need to, but but I like I like fishing a little bit fast. What I what I tell people. Is I can I do good dragging a worm and don't get me wrong I'll drag a Carolina rig and a worm and all that you know when I need to but right now I get out there and I start dragging that Carolina rig fishing it slow and I'll get to thinking about how hot it is and all that doing that crankbait and swim bait and stuff like that you ain't got time to think about nothing you fishing. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you fishing. You fishing. <laughs> you, you ain't sitting there dragging, thinking about the world's wonders. You know, uh, I definitely like to fish faster. I wish that's how I've always been. So that's right up my alley. Being them still biting a crankbait and a swim bait. Yeah, no doubt. Now, when you're fishing a swim bait, how deep will you fish a swim bait? I'm throwing them right now up to 25 foot of water. I mean, just wherever I see the fish. And you're just letting it um, sink and then reeling it. Yeah, I just put it on a one ounce screw lock head and just let it sit you know let it when you cast it out there just let it sink to the bottom and i tell i tell all my customers there's you can't reel it too slow because you want to keep that thing on the bottom you know that's what i was going to ask you and that's another thing i'm real particular about what kind of swim bait heads i use because like there's some the way the line ties design and the shape of the head will make it rise more than others one of my favorite ones was the revenge head because that thing would sit there and dig the bottom. I mean, it the way it was shaped and all that, it was made to literally dig on the bottom. And uh, they quit making them, but I still got a few left for special occasion. There you go. But you want that swim bait down there. You want to keep it as close to the bottom as you can. So when you throw yeah. it out, 
you see that school, you throw it out, you let it sink, and then you are slow rolling that sucker. Oh, yeah. I got a slow reel. I mean, I say a slow reel. I throw it on a six-four to one, a six-gear ratio. Yeah, I'm just – I mean, I'm not, like, taking, like, 15 seconds to make a real, real turn or right. anything, but, you know, I'm sitting there winding. I'm right. just, you know, slow, steady retrieve. You want to you, – on these – ledges and stuff these shell beds you can feel that thing ticking the bottom you want it you just want to feel it ticking the bottom yeah but you know if you get around too much cover you got to got to go to something else right oh yeah which that's one good thing about people there's just not a ton of like brush piles on these ledges and stuff the biggest thing is the start is stumps you know they like to hang out on the side of these things around some stumps and that's that's when you got to like pick up your jig or you know something that's not less prone to get hung up Right. I mean, there's. I can carry the one stump on the spot right now that I guarantee you I've got five thousand dollars worth of bait hung in. Yeah. But man, if you can ever hit that crankbait on that stump, get it over, you're gonna catch a big one every time. Oh, there. When you're fishing a jig in Mm -hmm. deeper water like that, ledge fishing a jig, are you using a, a a normal, what I what I call a normal jig, or are you using more of a swim jig? I use just a normal football head jig. That, man, just one that I've used for years. I think some of the best ones you can buy is just them Strike King football heads. Those are pretty good. They used to make one I still got a lot of. I don't even know if it's made anymore. It's called a perfect jig. They come in a round tube. I I really like those. But now, do you necessarily have to use one like a football head style? I mean, no, I don't think so. I know some boys that... Uh, throw that uh, structure jig that Strike King makes. It's got more of a triangle-shaped head on it. I just I like the football head, but mainly it's just because of what I got confidence in. Right. Main thing is get it out there, get it on the bottom. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, you know, just think when you throw a jig out there, you got to drag it as slow as possible. Man, some of those ones, most of the time when I'm fishing a jig out there on that ledge, I hop it like a spoon. Yeah. And now, don't get me wrong, there's some days they won't bite it like that. You know, you just got to play around with it. But I I do, I like to stroke my jig a lot. Because I think a lot of the times when they see a jig, you know, eight out of ten people dragging it real slow. So, That's you right. know, you come, through there, you come through there stroking that jig off the bottom, it might be something they ain't seen. Do, what kind of trailer do you like to use? Man, net bait makes a good one. That uh, pocket crawl is the not the old hollow ones, but they come out with a new one. I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. It's a pocket crawl or a slim crawl or something like that, but it's solid. Um, I always loved them old ones that bait had, but I hated it because they was hollow and like they would slide up your hook real bad. Right. And stuff. But they have come out with. I say new in the last year, year and a half, they come out with that bait, but it's a solid body, and I really like it. Um, it's got a good action. I throw a little ultraviolet speed crawl that they make a lot of money. Um, it just depends on if you want a real hard flap or, you know, one that don't flap as much. Um, yeah. But that's, that's the two I mainly throw. What about colors? I'm a green pumpkin guy. Green pumpkin candy, green pumpkin. That's about what I throw. I, I always tell people you need two colors in a jig, a black and blue and a green or a brown. Yeah. I keep I keep it very I keep it very simple on my colors. You do the same thing with your trailer, same color. Oh yeah. Every now and then I might get crazy and put a green pumpkin trailer on a black and blue jig if I'm feeling a little wild that day. But 
Uh, yeah, I keep it. I keep the same way my trailer. Just a green pumpkin or a black and blue. Good deal. I, I'm a real simple fisherman, man. I mean, you get you get to buying all these colors and stuff. I mean, you could you could literally float a black bank on as many colors as everybody's making these days. Oh man, I know, right? I've always been one of them, you know, 25 foot down there. Can they really tell if that trailer's got a blue swirl in it or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That when you get down there deep like that, it's a dark anyway. I mean, how much, how much does color really matter? Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I've always, and I really have, I've always wondered that just, you know, how much does red sparkles matter? Can they really see it when it's that deep? So I don't know. I've always thought that it really didn't, you know, that they couldn't tell that good. So that's, I've always kept my color simple. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, it sounds like y'all catching them right now. Yeah, it's it's not been bad at all. I mean, obviously, it's like I said, I mean, it's August and it's 100 degrees. So, I mean, it's a little bit tougher than like if you come in May or, you know, May or June. But, I mean, they're still bite. Yeah. We're just having to hit a lot more spots. You can't. We're in like June, you know, you can sit there and catch 15 or 20 off of one spot. You know, with it being this hot and after they've been fished all summer, you know, it might be you catch five or six off one spot and then have to go to the next school. Hey, we still ain't bad. No, no, not at all. Not at all. That's what if you, you catch five or six off one school and you hit 20 schools a day, you know, I mean, that's a good day. That's a good solid day. No doubt about it, man. Well, if you're going to give a tip of the day to somebody coming up to fish Pickwick right now, what would your tip of the day be? Man, my tip of the day would be come in the afternoon. That's when they that's when T V A pulls the most current in the afternoons and current is what you want on ledge fishing. So I definitely think the afternoon bite's a lot better than the morning bite right now. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Ain't, ain't no doubt about it, man. They like that current on those T V A lakes yep. makes a lot of difference on those on those ledge fish. You can about book it that about one or two o'clock they'll kick that current on and it uh it definitely changes the mood of them, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, Tracy, man, we appreciate it. Before I let you jump off here, if somebody wants to book a trip to come up there and catch some fish, or if they want to, like we were talking about earlier, man, come up there and learn how to get their most out of their electronics, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, Just by my phone through either call me or text message. Uh, my phone number is 662-891-0104. Or you can look us up on Facebook at First Flight Outdoors and uh, message us on there. Check out some of the uh, – we post about about every trip we do. You know, we post the schools we've seen and the fish we've caught. So I've got a bunch of content on there. Uh, definitely go check us out on there. Good deal, man. Well, we appreciate it, brother. Thank you for taking the time to call in and, and share with us. And we look forward to having you on again soon. And, yeah, thank you all for having me. All right, Ty. Take care, buddy. All right. Be good. See you, man. See you, bud. All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. 
The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. All right, guys, what a great report today. And, man, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I did bringing it to you. Man, just some great callers today, great people, great fishermen. Uh, reach out to them, book a trip with them. Uh, you won't regret it. You're going to learn more more than you knew when you went with them, and you're going to catch some fish, that's for sure. So that's going to be a wrap for this week's show, guys. And if you're enjoying it, as always, man, subscribe, rate, Take a minute to leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do it each and every week. All you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. We'll email you the show each and every week. We make it simple for you. Hey, guys, stay safe on the water out there. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles. These ultralight, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by the Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray triggerfish, greater amberjack, or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in Alabama. For more information about snapper check, please visit outdoorsalabama.com. Also brought to you by Killer Dock. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learn the basics of how to hunt and fish. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt. Go fish. Get outdoors. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by BoatersList.com. Do you own your own company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, and marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on BoatersList.com. And brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205 205- 
807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. 